0: Yeah, I feel like it kind of goes with that sense of there not being a right or wrong way to do your you, because any, like anything that is created is, and I feel like this is cliche on some level, but it's just like, it's going to be different, like no matter what it is, when you do it versus somebody else.
1: Welcome to the Art & Life Podcast with your host, Taylor Gallegos. Art exists all around us, in all directions, from all walks of life. We just need to know how to see it. The Art & Life Podcast is an experiment in an audio format that focuses on the art and philosophy involved with different people and their life paths. This experiment is intended to inspire you in your creative pursuits, whatever they may be. Follow along as I interview movers and shakers from all walks of life. It's possible to make a life from your art, skill, craft, or vision. These interviews showcase that fact. Listen while you work, listen while you create, listen while you dream up the next big breakthrough. First off, I want to say thank you for listening. The people being interviewed and I are two parts of the podcast, but it wouldn't be complete without you, the listener. I very much appreciate your attention and your energy, and I hope you get as much out of this as I do. If you enjoy what you hear, you can join me on this artistic journey in many ways. You can subscribe to the show, leave a review, and share it around. You can join the conversation on the Art and Life Facebook group, where we discuss topics from the shows. You can join my email list on my website at taylorgallegosart.com on the contact page. And while you're there, check out the new artwork I've been creating. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at taylorgallegosart. And finally, you can support my art and the Art and Life podcast on my Patreon page. Just search Taylor Gallegos Art. So again, a deep and sincere thank you for being here. Now, on to the good stuff welcome everybody to the podcast i'm your host taylor gallegos and with me today is a longtime friend of mine she is a creative of uh many suits and she's got a lot of organic growth in her life uh it's sort of like a pattern of organic growth and it's really cool to see uh where it's all led and which is very much why i wanted to share her with you today um one standout element is that she is the violinist of wasteland hop wasteland hop is the band that I've presented to all you guys one member at a time and uh yeah she's so she's the violinist there and she's also so much more so Liz Gaylor thank you for being on the show
0: thanks for having me Taylor it's good to see you or hear you
1: (laughs) (laughs) you too you too um why don't we get started who you are where you're from how you got to where you're at and what it is that you do
0: oh man um that is a very winding path um so yeah my name is liz i grew up in new mexico um my family is from there for a few generations on both sides and so it feels like home to me and that's where i currently live in albuquerque um and, yeah, I don't even know where to begin. It's such a winding path of um, I don't know, just following, I guess life <laughs> following my bliss, um, so many of the, yeah, it's like all the the plans that I've made over the years. Um, a lot of things have come to fruition and and then it's like, you know, you start doing work in certain directions and other doors open and you just keep moving, I don't know. So yeah, currently I have um, two little shops in the Old Town area of um, of Albuquerque, New Mexico. One is an herbal store just called Old Town Herbal. It's like an herbal apothecary. And then the other is called Tiny Grocer ABQ. And it is a very tiny grocery store. <laughs> so. Um, And yeah, one of them I opened right before the pandemic and then the other one was kind of in the middle. Um, And so they're both pretty new, about two years. I just celebrated my two year anniversary. And yeah, and I also play music and not as much as I'd like recently because I've been so focused on the businesses, but I just got to uh, see you recently, see you painting for us at a show in Colorado and that was awesome.
1: Yeah, it was, that was a blast
0: yeah it was fun um so that was nice to kind of get back together with the band and we're always daydreaming about next next projects and next shows and tours and next summer I don't know what's going to happen but (laughs) it's nice
1: yeah yeah and uh like right now in terms of a band and everything it's just so up in the air it seems like with uh just like world of covid and what it and its effect on everything
0: yeah yeah we were all daydreaming actually that we were going to be in colorado this last weekend which is kind of fun because you were you happened to be there too it would have been a huge reunion (laughs) if we'd all been there but um it didn't quite work out with flights and everything for everybody but
1: But it sounds like there's some musical rumblings happening. There's like, um, you know, like the band is getting together and um, there's some like writing that's happening. And
0: Yeah, I feel like we kind of have our whole next album all in babies, you know, like all these little baby songs (laughs) are existing, like partially written here and there and verses. And um, so, yeah, it's it just needs to have some ground under its feet to get get it going, but yeah. Yeah,
1: it's cool to think about the like creative process that you guys go through and the way that it works, how like songs start as babies and then maybe walk us through that development a little bit of like how a song is born and yeah. gets, like, grown.
0: It's a super unique group. Um, I think about that a lot because we really write collectively, and I don't know, it kind of, I think it works out. I like our songs, (laughs) so, but yeah, it's it's fun because everybody brings their own voices. There's six of us, now seven um, members, um, who, yeah, just all put the pieces together. Somebody will come with, you know, part of a song, and yeah, (laughs) it just, it's, yeah, it is really unique, I think, for a group to be able to do that. I'm sorry, I don't have
1: <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, a lot
0: yeah, of... It's a very unique situation, I think. Yeah, because
1: um. not everyone's like that, right? Like, other bands are more like there's a writer or there's, like, mm-hmm. a couple of writers and then everyone else, like, plays the music. Yeah. Exactly. you're all, like, composers at the same time.
0: Right. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's really, I, it's kind of this unique and organic. I mean, I have, I have played with some other groups that have a little bit of that, but usually it is like one person brings the song and then you write your parts to the song. And sometimes we'll have more of a a song that's been put together. Um, Steph and Nick, a lot of times will have like a chord progression already put out with some lyrics and things like that, but um, yeah, everybody just kind of brings it. I, like the song, I feel like a lot of times the song exists in the ether and we're just kind of pulling it out into existence um, because yeah, it's, I don't know, especially the last album, I feel like really came together that way because it was more, every every song on it was more that way. I think they are only, yeah, maybe one that was Um, more of a full piece um, that Nick had written um, but then the rest of them it was just us sitting together and playing and then the song kind of showed its face over time so yeah it's fun so it's I mean even right now that's kind of a lot of what we do is people will put down a part or a chord progression or something and then send it out and then somebody will lay the next layer over the top and send it back and forth um and so it's kind of been that going on right now as people are putting putting pieces together so it's been fun
1: yeah and it i i feel like you as the violinist are almost like a specialty piece uh in the way that I kind of imagine you guys as like a songwriting element, like process there's like there's the bass with Brian there's Adam on the drums and then there's like the the guitar and those are kind of that's like the central element of like the musical like the driving force and then Steph is a vocalist and then Mickey's the MC and you're the violinist and so it's almost like and, and Nick is like sort of a writer guitarist he's you know he he's stepping out but it's almost like Mickey and Steph and you are all three sort of like special elements that are added on top of everything else like your violin is almost like another vocalist or like a solo vocalist like do yeah. you feel that way like that's accurate or not or
0: I guess so it, yeah it's I don't know if ancillary is the right word, but it is just sort of, a lot of times I feel like I'm just like laying in over the top um, after a lot of the other pieces are in place. And there's been a few songs where Steph and I will kind of play back and forth with her vocals and my violin with um, it. It does kind of behave as a, as a duet almost with her vocals. And so, yeah, it is, I guess, another, uh, the violin, um, they say, is one of the instruments that most resembles the human voice. And so it's why people connect with it so much because it, the human voice, when somebody sings, they're kind of constantly moving in and out of tune and, or like on and off pitch, just very minutely. And so it's a very, like that, vocalization is comforting to the human ear. <laughs> yeah. And so the violin has that same behavior where it's kind of always like a little mm-hmm. in and out, um, the, just the way the strings sound. And so it's a, yeah, it's a, it is a very vocal like instrument. And also it's something like I have, like I feel like, especially in the beginning, like kind of figuring out where I fit and not wanting to like step on the vocals because it is it can be a very prominent sound too. So it's interesting.
1: That's right, because you came in on the second album or for mm-hmm. the second album.
0: Yeah, they had just finished like recording the first one and were touring with it when I started playing with them. And so it was like a crash course. They're like, here are our songs, learn them, write parts to them. I was like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so like a lot of the parts, that I've written to those songs aren't even on the recording, um, of them. So perform them live. It's kind of different a little bit.
1: And when you, like in that process of writing a song, are you like writing it in your mind and writing notes down on a page? Are you like, just like playing the song and then playing along with it and like whatever comes out?
0: Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's another thing. Everybody, in this group, um, there's, it's like everybody has a really strong ear and it's just all memory. Like nothing is ever written down really. It's kind of crazy. It's really kind of fascinating how the brain works. I think, because <laughs> I, I think I'm the only one out of the group that was quote, classically trained to be a musician. And so, you know, I grew up playing in, in orchestras and symphonies as a child and, um, read music but um I really like playing by ear and that's what you know that's what we do is you just and I feel like yeah some it's like you I don't even know if you hear the part but you just kind of just exists like you almost like hear it or feel it and it just you just play it to go with it so I don't know um music is interesting
1: oh yeah <laughs> And then, like you said, like our connection to it and the way that it works. The, um, the violin is like a really interesting instrument because like looking at it, I mean, a guitar has frets on it. Does a violin or is it just like it's just you just intuitively like you get to know it and then know where the, your fingers go and then you can feel the pitch and like the uh, like how does it even uh, it kind it's sort of fascinating to me.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's muscle memory, I guess, over time, because yeah, you just have to figure out where to put your fingers down to make the sound right. And yeah, (laughs) there's, yeah, as you're saying, there's no frets. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of playing, playing over and over and over. Like, that's one of the, that's why I think a lot of times with the violin, there is like that classical element. of like learning scales and playing the same thing every day or um, with the like fiddling world of, of learning like the basic songs and playing the same things over and over and over until you figure out where your fingers go.
1: So
0: oh. then You just do your best.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think-
0: um... In a prayer. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like having it seems like having a child living in your house that's learning to play the violin could be like one of the most torturous things that you could ever do for yourself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I very possibly. Yeah. How old were
1: you when you learned?
0: um, I was seven when I started playing and I actually started on the viola, um, in the public schools here in Albuquerque. And it was because the person who came to our school presented the viola as this underdog instrument that nobody liked. And so my personality, I was like, I'm going to play the viola because I'm going to love this instrument. (laughs) And So I just went home and told my mom, I'm playing the viola. And um, she's she's a musician. I started playing piano very young, because my mom taught piano and she's has a master's in flute performance and um so I think she was a little surprised I chose a string instrument sort of like a flute or clarinet or something (laughs) so like the viola but yeah my parents were I mean they were supportive of it they let me play so (laughs) that's that was good um because yeah I know it can be kind of annoying. And I don't think that I was ever a very good student. Um yeah, I've never been very good at practicing and have relied on my ear a lot, even when I was first learning, because I do have a pretty, pretty strong ear. And so I would just play because I could hear what I was supposed to do with versus actually like practicing a lot. So it was never really like that great of a of a player but good enough
1: so yeah I would think that if your mom is what she is there then like you it would be like like you grew up to that like you were a baby to that and Mm -hmm. like it would be like literally in in your essence yeah I guess so so basically like you're so you were so good at it you didn't have to practice the same
0: well not (laughs) good enough
1: (laughs) good enough yeah totally
0: (laughs) And it was, you know, small, small area that I lived in. It wasn't like I was competing yeah. in a large scale of places, though. But, yeah. And then I didn't play for a lot of years, almost at all. I didn't play mm-hmm. really 10 years, hardly at all. Like, it was very minimal. I played, like, for a few friends' weddings, and I don't even know, a few other things like that. And then and then Wasteland happened. <laughs> so that was kind of a funny turn in life too, but yeah, I was grateful.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm glad it happened. And then, and then you have this whole other side of your creativity that's happening with your businesses. And I mean, I remember like a couple of years ago on tour, like, uh, Haley, my fiance is into herbalism. And, and then you, you were talking to me about that. And that was like, that was years ago. And then now you've got an herb shop. Maybe talk about that a little bit.
0: Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like with everything in my life, it's just kind of, I, I think it is I, on some level, just getting out of my own way and just going Like along these paths that open up Um, because yeah even with playing music with Wasteland Hop like I wanted to play again and play more but didn't like there wasn't any like path that opened up and then just through a mutual friend who was in the same MFA program with Mickey um that was how I was introduced to Wasteland. And it was that question, Mickey says, oh, we're looking for a violin player, are you interested? And my immediate reaction was like, no. (laughs) I was like, why would I say no? I should go and see what this is like. And so I feel like that's kind of a lesson that I've been learning over the last several years. And so that's part of like me having this herb shop. Um, was a lot of that just kind of going with like, what's the next step that's opening up? Um, I had been really wanting to move back to New Mexico and move back home here. It's such a long and convoluted story, but um, I don't know. I just, yeah, <laughs> I had a vision for for something similar to this existing, and then I came to my niece's graduation from high school. And it, I don't know, It's just like all of these pieces of life. I had actually moved to Southern Colorado right before this and had gotten my real estate license and was on a completely different career path. And then this place, this actual location just kind of popped up. And a mutual friend from Fort Collins happened to be living here and happens to be the um, commercial real estate agent listing it. And I don't know, it's, it's such a convoluted story. But anyway, I came to my niece's graduation. He showed me this place. And I moved, we moved here. And <laughs> So I opened the spot. And yeah, it's, Yeah, it's been great, though. I opened in September of 2019. And so six months in, we were mandated to close. And so that was also, you know, it's like not the plan of how's your first year in business going to go and like, what are the pros and cons and what are things that could possibly go wrong? And it was never like, oh, global pandemic is going to force all these businesses to shut down. But um, I had already had like a that bath and body care business that I'd been doing with my herbal training. Um, and that was really what supported me through this was all of my regular customers from that have, have been ordering from me and have kept me afloat and paying the rent. And then the the little tiny grocery store next door was actually a business plan that I had formulated in Colorado in like 2008 with Tomas who's the videographer who travels with us sometimes (laughs) it's like Mm -hmm. we had talked we had worked out plans to open up a tiny local food grocer up there and um, then like the 2008 market crash happened and he like he the building we were going to use was one that he had owned at the time and that went away just because a lot of things changed then and um so it's like that business plan kind of it's like that the, the phoenix from the ashes that came here <laughs> so on some level that's like i don't know it's just these things exist and kind yeah. of like, they just kind of exist in the ether and you just kind of like open up a little window and let them pop their head out um and so yeah, I don't know. It's been really, it's been really great. Um, when I took this space, that was the feeling that I had for it was that I just wanted to have a good community here, and, um, and it, and it's like that. That has happened in spite of everything being closed and not things being able to happen there's still like this amazing community that has kind of risen up around the place too so (laughs) it's really nice I don't know there's a lot of really talented makers I have like I was telling you between both stores I have like over 50 different local like farmers ranchers herbalists curanderos whole healers, all these different like soap makers and Ayurvedic practitioners, like all these people locally who make products and grow food and and they all sell through here. And, and I don't know, I have a really amazing staff. I have employees, which I don't know how that happened, but it's amazing. They're really good people. And yeah, it's been a trip. It's been a soup. it's basically just been like a wild ride is how I feel. that's so cool it's yeah but it's been um, fun back I, to the go actually, ahead I was gonna say um I often will when people ask me how this happened I loosely quote uh, Rosemary Gladstar who's an herbalist who I love because she said that once you start working with plants they take over your life <laughs> And I 100% feel that way. It was like, I started working at plants <laughs> and then they were like, okay, this is what we want. Here you go. <laughs> I said, okay, we'll just keep going and see what happens. So, yeah. So, yeah.
1: Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. And it's so cool. Uh, I mean, Rosemary Gladstar, she was the last episode. So yeah, awesome. I know. And, uh, I,
0: it's funny. I was like, after you... And I mentioned that I was like suddenly super nervous. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, I'm going to be chatting with Taylor. No big deal. And then I was like, Oh, Rosemary Gladstar, because I know that she's friends of the family with uh, Haley, your partner.
2: Yeah,
0: because yeah. yeah. Haley's told me about growing up with with her. And it's Vermont, right? They are. Yep. Yep.
2: Yeah.
0: So it's really beautiful. Um, she's an amazing person so is H- Haley's an amazing person <laughs>
1: yeah yeah so okay. are you so, um yeah, yeah no it was, it was so cool talking to her and um and like getting the OG perspective on herbs and the whole herbalism wave and she talked a lot about some really cool history um I'm excited for you to listen to that one um yeah, but it's, it's so go ahead
0: oh I'm planning on listening to it tomorrow because I'm going to be driving for a couple hours and so <laughs> I was, like,
2: yeah. really excited. I was, like, yes. Um,
0: totally, totally. A lot in here because we have several different, um, the whole other thing about the herbalist world. But, yeah, she she created something that we just loosely called firesider back in, like, the 80s. Yeah. And uh, I have, like, ten different herbalists to make their own versions of it here but every single one of them has like a different name to it where they're like fuego cider or new mexico something you know like they've changed the name because they all were hit by uh, this is probably off off record <laughs> but you know they were hit by that lawsuit
1: no that actually i really wish that was one thing i didn't talk to her about which i wish i would have I mean, for the listeners, and I don't know how many listeners are into herbalism and whatnot, but the basic concept, and correct me if I'm wrong in any of this, the basic concept is that Firesider is this like ancient thing. It's like, you know, basically like a cure all. It's really good for colds and flus and all sorts of things. It's like for this season. And yeah. uh, healers have been making it forever. And then some company wanted to trademark the name Firesider and then started suing all of these small local outfits that would use it. And it's like, that's like, you can't trademark something like that. And so Rosemary and her whole, you know, team filed a lawsuit against them and then took them to court. And they went through like years of litigation and now, and they ended up winning. And so then it's opened it up again now. So Firesider is like, you know, for everybody to use.
0: It's just yeah, it's like an ancient recipe, and then I think yeah, she like rosemary popularized using the name firesider for it. Okay. She was just like, this is like not nobody owns this. Yeah. This recipe. It's like being like I own refried beans. Right. Nobody can use that yeah. name. Anymore.
1: No one can call things beans. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's so so cool.
0: It's but it's so funny because people are like, oh, what are all of these? And I'm like, well, they're actually all different people, different herbalist takes on the same recipe and they're all firesiders. But these people who, a lot of them who sell here, they got hit by the cease and desist from this company. Wow. And they're, you know, they make the tiny amounts, they sell maybe on Etsy or something and they're getting letters from this company saying they have to cease using the name firesider. So a lot of them changed the name of yeah. what they call the product because of that, but I was, yeah, grateful to Rosemary and her team for fighting that because it's important to keep those things open. That's something I tell people all the time when they come in here, like, this is yours. This is ours, you know, it exists. Like these things are things that we can grow from the ground and they're here. Like you don't, yeah, (laughs) it's the people's medicine. So,
1: yeah. Exactly. That's awesome. I like how, uh, your, your place is like, uh, you're just like able to showcase so much local, um, like variety and skill and talent and like blood, sweat and tears, you know, and like between, um, your herb shop and then like the tiny grocery store, which was so cool that you just walked me around and I got to see the, the view of it. Like, um, you know, like you're kind of, what you've set up is this place, this space, and it's almost like a conduit where all the talent and the the plants and the growth of everything can come there. And then people who are into it can come there also from the other side and buy it and, you know, support whatever they want to support and get into whatever they want to get into. It's like, you kind of, it seems like you've created like a little vortex um, of like, health and wellness and, and then obviously community now too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's been really, it's been really amazing there. We do this um, once per month, um, a local of another woman who had started a business during the pandemic where she was just cooking. She's a, she started baking bread in her parents outdoor kitchen and making soup and, was just um, selling it, like not even selling it, she was just posting on Nextdoor and being like anybody in my neighborhood need to eat, to eat? I have food that I've made. And um, she, I, it's funny because I actually had worked with her family in Colorado for like 15 years when I lived up there because they own a farm up there. And so she grew up partially here in Albuquerque because half half her family's here and then half of her family's in, in Colorado. So but anyway, I I um, kind of made friends with this person. And she um, asked me, she's like, Can we do a a monthly, like pay what you can supper at your shop? And I was like, absolutely, let's do it. Let's see what happens. And so that's been super fun. Um, We're going on almost a year now of doing that. And so every month, we just make a bunch of food and have it on the patio outside we have like different people come and play music and um it's pay 100 pay what you can and then um we've been working with albuquerque mutual aid so we get a lot, a lot of soup to them and um any of the like if we have like extra money after we've like paid our farmers for the food and everything we donate that and so it's been it's been really fun but one of those recently it was like oh look <laughs> these same people keep coming you know week after week and i know all of these people from coming here and it was like this community actually it exists even throughout this past year being so weird it's it's a really beautiful thing so yeah I'm super grateful to all the people here <laughs> it's nice
1: yeah. yeah how many of the people that are part of your whole community are from like do you know from your childhood
0: um only a very small handful um yeah I'm not yeah I wasn't I feel like I don't know if it was we moved around a little bit and I feel like just like living prior to the internet or cell phones it's like I had friends who I kept in touch with like via letters (laughs) and then yeah lost touch with a lot of people and so um there's yeah very a very small handful of people from my childhood but the the two girls that I was like these are my nieces like neither of them are actually blood related they're daughters of friends who I've had since childhood so (laughs) nice (laughs) they're my my nieces but yeah
1: well and it sounds like when I was talking to you last time you were talking about Albuquerque in general and how like it's really like experiencing a renaissance and there's a lot of really cool stuff going on there.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's definitely, there's a lot happening here. Um, I don't know if renaissance is the right word. (laughs) It's been, it's such a crazy place because like this neighborhood that I'm in has been here since like, it's been a neighborhood called the city of Albuquerque since like 1706. And so this area has been continually populated for like, I don't know, 10 to 20,000 years. And there's like the river valley that goes right through the middle of Albuquerque. They have all of these um, irrigation channels that have been around, like there's one that goes behind, I live in an apartment and there's an irrigation channel that goes behind my apartment from the river. And it's been there for well over a thousand years, (laughs) like colonial, um, like when the Spaniards moved here first, they were, you know, writing letters home and like, wow, the people who live here have these, this beautiful network of, of uh, irrigation channels that go out from the river. And this whole valley is just thriving because of it. And so I don't know, it's a pretty magical place because it's the oldest continually functioning neighborhood in the United States. Whoa. And it is, so, because it's been here since, you know, prior to, like, we didn't even become a state until the early 1900s, right. uh, you know, New Mexico. But so it's been, it's a really interesting area, but it's also like, it has a lot of, like, I don't know, trauma as well, because it's been, like there's been two different colonizing pushes over the centuries because the Spaniards came in and then the, what is now the United States came in. And so it's like, everybody was forced to stop, speak, stop speaking their native languages and start speaking Spanish. And then they were forced to speak English and like this whole, but you know, like there's a lot of deep, deep history here. Um, And so it's, yeah, that's where I'm like, I don't know if it's a renaissance necessarily, because it's just been through so much already, but there's definitely some, um, like the main recent change is that um, a lot of the movie houses have set up here. And so we have a lot of the film industry here now, which has been interesting to see. And also kind of fun. Like, you know, you live in California and, I lived in New York for a while and it's just kind of fun having like constant, like, oh, they're filming something this weekend here on this corner, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. interesting because it's the arts, right? So it's like a fun thing to have around, I think. Um, So, (laughs) but it's definitely changing the landscape here a little bit um, because it's also, those dang Californians driving up the prices here. <laughs>
1: Californians, ruining the world.
0: <laughs> you get blamed for everything.
1: Yes, they do. Well, everything's their fault. It's understandable. <laughs> Broadcasting live from Carlsbad, California. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes, it's cool that you um, broke that question down or broke that answer down because yeah, like there's, uh, there's lots of ways to look at things and it's really good to look at it from a much more zoomed out cultural perspective and yeah that makes a lot of sense all the the trauma to the land and the people and um man history has been fucked up
0: <laughs> yes
1: that is so fucked other. up
0: <laughs> that was a whole other thing i could
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: a million hours
1: yeah, yeah um well would you like to get to the um part one questions sure okay so um you kind of maybe answered this in one way but the question is about the breakthrough moment um and you could take it as music breakthrough moment for you in music where you like really felt like you like arrived on the scene as yourself as like to you know as who you are as a musician or you could take it as like a breakthrough moment that happened, you know with this new like version of you as a business owner.
0: Hmm. I feel like I'm still working on that in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, because every day I'm like, What am I doing? I have no idea <laughs> um but
1: which I I wanted to say I feel like that's actually how most people feel all all the
0: time time, right it's constant no matter who
1: you are or where you're at in life
0: it's so true and that I think was maybe that was my breakthrough moment um in life was me kind of being more at peace with that just to be like oh this is me this is my voice. I think with like playing the violin, it's like, especially being classically trained, like I have a lot of pressure on myself of what is good or what is correct or the right way to play. And just having to let that go and just be like, this is how I sound. And not everybody's going to like it. And it doesn't matter. Right. And it's like, even with these, it's like, these are my businesses and not everybody's gonna like it and it's and you know it's not going to resonate with everybody and it doesn't matter like that's not the point I guess because it's my life (laughs) so um yeah I don't know if there was I feel like it's a it's in progress it's a constant in progress (laughs) like what yeah how can I be more at peace with trying to figure out what I want and what I like and how to be true to that, I guess. Because cool. yeah, the crazy path trying to figure out life, right? Yeah, <laughs> we, have, we have to live it for ourselves.
1: I like that. I mean, it's uh, well going from a classically trained spot where it's like either something's right or it's not, and then going to playing music in a rock band where you're the composer of your part you're the player of your part and you're playing it in like a you're not playing it in a concert auditorium you're like on stage at a bar or at a like you know venue or whatever and then you're like it's cool like that I feel like that that probably like played into that whole like transition for you
0: yeah for sure it did 100% because that was me being like, wait, why, how could I possibly say that this is not right? I wrote this, (laughs) like, and how could I say that I wrote it wrong? Like, what does that even mean? You know, it's like getting to, yeah, being at peace with that. Yeah.
1: And I feel like I've, I've watched you become more at peace with that throughout the time that I've known you, like,
0: That coupled with actually speaking of trauma, going through a lot of trauma therapy. <laughs> Both of those things have helped me, like, be just be, I think.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Find, it's like finding your own voice or allowing yourself to have your own voice as, as opposed to finding it because we always have it. Yes. Yeah. And scary. So yeah it's like because next door at the little grocery store and even here like I make all these products I make these things and they're like recipes that I've come up with that I've invented and like the cooking I am cooking just completely with like what do we have like what came in this week what ingredients do we have from the farms and I'll make something and it's really simple it's like a lot of soups because that's an easy thing to to make you know soups or sauces or very simple dishes like that. And, um, but it's, it is like, what, who's telling me if it's right or wrong? You know, who's telling me if it's the correct, like, is my lotion good or not? I like it. <laughs> is my pozole good or not? I like it. Other people, oh. you know, people buy it and people eat, you know, it's like, they're mad if I'm sold out. So that's like, okay some people are happy we're selling stuff it's like with the music it's like people listen I don't know right
1: call it a win <laughs> I'm
0: sure for you like with art it's like your art is yours and like there's no such thing like nobody can critique it like nobody can tell you if you did it right or wrong because it's impossible it's it's yours it's your yeah place. it's like your I mean, I have no idea how to draw or paint, so I think it's just like the most amazing magical thing that happens. But
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel the same about the violin. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I really like that you uh, you just said like you can't critique it, and not that it's like right or wrong to critique it, but that it's impossible because like the parameters are so different. You can give your opinion of it. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. What I've been been sort of like rallying against for a really long time is people saying whether or not they like things. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's you can say whether or not you like something, but it's sort of a little more irrelevant than asking your opinion of whether something's successful at what the creator was intending. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that's, that's a more like relevant conversation to have when you're quote-unquote critiquing any sort of art or creativity or creation is like first asking yourself what was the creator intending and then is it did they succeed at that and then after that you can say like well I like this or I don't like it and whatever but like the outside viewers or listeners or tasters or whatever sort of like they're on the outsides of in terms of like the levels of importance compared to the one who's like making it or what the intention was all about
0: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: Mm. um all right question two flow state flow state is the zone that we get into lots of people get into it lots of different ways you're a musician uh you're a creator tell us about a favorite flow state moment that you have experienced in your life and this could be an individual like experience or like moment in time, or it could be like a, a repetitive thing that you like to do, you know, like something that gets you into it.
0: Um, yeah, I feel like I've always really enjoyed cooking and I hadn't paid attention until very recently, how that is such a flow state for me that I will be panicking in my head, what am I doing? My to-do list is 17 miles long, all these things. And like, I just start like chopping a pepper and all of a sudden I'm just like calm and my focus has totally changed and I'm happy. (laughs) I don't know, it's been really fascinating seeing that play out over and over because I usually will come into it with like, okay, I've got to get these things done and I've got to get these blah, blah, blah. And then the next thing I know, I'm just like, oh, this is delicious. I'm so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is so, so yummy. Thank you, food, right on. Okay, next, what's next? But yeah, and with music, I feel like so much of it is, um, I feel like it's mostly like playing with the group because like I mentioned, I'm not very good at practicing on my own. (laughs) But that happens all the time when I play. I love playing with wasteland because they're they're a really magical group of human beings. And so it's just like the whole thing is a flow state, I feel like um, it's another like really it's just lucky with those guys to be with to be playing with them. So yeah, because yeah, it's like you I'm sure I'm guessing with painting, too. It's like you don't realize you're not paying attention to what you're doing. And then you're like, wow, this other side of my brain is just, you're flowing, you're flowing with it. It's like, you're not, you're not thinking at all about it anymore. It's really fun. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like the, at first, like the first, however many minutes, sometimes it's like five, sometimes it's half an hour. It's like, you almost feel like, I I feel like I, sometimes I feel like I'm like pushing uphill. I'm like the trains, like clicking up the. Up the track to get over the edge and then at, at a certain point you just like look down over the roller coaster drop and then you're like here we go and then you go and then before you know it, a couple hours has gone by and you're you made cool stuff
2: yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's really fun yeah um okay question three is what is your advice to aspiring creatives and this is creatives with a capital C, as wow. in like all people from different backgrounds and profession or like, you know, avenues of uh, study or whatever, creation.
0: Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I feel like it kind of goes with that sense of there not being a right or wrong way to do your you. Because any like anything that is created is, and I feel like this is cliche on some level, but it's just like, it's going to be different, like no matter what it is, when you do it versus somebody else. Because that's like, I mean, a lot of times I'll have uh, people come in here who are makers and then they'll look and they'll say, oh, you already carry salves or lip balms or whatever and I'm like what doesn't matter like not everybody's gonna resonate with this one person's style or brand or scent combinations or who like all of the different things that people put into something to making something and it's like yeah you can you know break it down and say like oh a salve like there's you know, you don't wanna have like 5,000 salves, but it's also like, why not? Because they're all so unique and different because every person who makes it has their own specific methods. Um, Even though it's like following the same recipe, it's gonna be different, you know? It's like all of these little idiosyncrasies, the way that people put things together. And so, I don't know, I feel like with anything that you make, it's yeah, being at peace with knowing that yours is yours. and you're bringing that thing through like whatever that is you're bringing your essence I guess I don't know through in your work whatever it is that you're making
1: yeah so. yeah and I like it what you're saying there I, it, I feel like and what's coming up for me is uh the concept of competition mm-hmm. and that like in the creative world of creativity and creative art of all kinds, like there really isn't competition against others. Like, because like you said, like your essence is unique and it's going to come through and um, like everybody is really like competing against themselves to do their thing and do it as well as they can. But other than that, like, we're all actually like on the same team, you know, pushing forward and from our own little space and um yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that idea of like there not being any competition. I feel like um as many years ago I read somebody had said like that jealousy just points out what you want. And I feel like that's such a it's it's been so powerful once I started thinking of it that way. Like instead of it being like, oh, like I feel jealous of this other person's products and how they're doing well or how, you know, how they're moving up in the world or like, you know, this band is on these tours that we're not on or whatever. But it's like, it's not like the jealousy aspect is actually just like, oh, wait, what about that thing is it that I wish that I had in my life? Or like, what about that do I wish that I was doing Um And it's totally like opened everything up and changed everything for me because then suddenly it's not, no longer is it a bad feeling? It's actually like super exciting and positive because I'm like, oh, wait, what about that is triggering this feeling? Like what about what they're doing do I wish I could incorporate more of or work towards or, and it's sometimes like just a very small fraction of, of it. You know, it's like, I'm not actually, you know, it's. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like, what piece of what's triggering that feeling is it that you want? It's like that competitive drive I think that people have, where they get jealous of each other or like feel like they have to do better. And it's like, well, what is it about that other person that is making you feel that way? Like, what is the actual root of that thing that you want? Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's it's like you can distill that down, and it's interesting to think of because then it's like, oh, maybe. I do want more recognition, or I feel like I'm not being recognized for what I'm doing. And what does that mean to me? Like, what do I want to be recognized for? Or, you know, maybe I need to think about how I'm marketing my products. And I'm, if I'm like, jealous that somebody else has them oh, in more stores oh. than me, it's like, you know, those kinds of things, like, right. you it, it's like, you can do it too.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then it takes the, um, the opposing person, like, out of the position of being competition or like having there be like a, an us versus them like you, you know you're not me and it takes it out of that and then it's like no they they are me actually they're just like a little further along or they have this set up or whatever and mm-hmm. yeah it's cool yeah i like that all right last question here Liz, is, uh, what is your definition of art?
0: Oh <sighs> I'm like, everything.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I guess. Because there is that question a lot, especially with the kind of things that I make, it's like, what is a craft and what is art, but I don't know. I think, but everything has, anything that is, is created is, has its own art, artistic value. I don't know. Um, yeah. I, that's, Cause I feel like in like food, there, it, there's like an art to creating a beautiful meal Um, There's an art to growing the perfect vegetables. Um, There's an art to like butchering an animal, you know, in this beautiful way where it's like, all of the you know, meat is presented perfectly. And I don't know, it's just all these different pieces of what we make. I feel like all of the people who I have in here are artists, (laughs) it's like, and and then I actually have technically artists who are painters and draw and weave and, and potters and those kinds of things too. So, um, I don't know, anything created. That's my definition of art.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Um, all right. Well, you, you did really well on the questions. Nice job. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, I want to say thank you for uh, being flexible with your timing today. And we've been scheduling our interview for so long and we've had to reschedule 75 times. And I, it finally happened. We're here.
0: <laughs> and
1: this is great. And uh, and I also want to acknowledge you for, for the awesomeness that you are. You have, you've been on the uh, Wasteland Hop train and been uh just like been such an adventurer along it and it's been really fun for me to be a part of it and you've you've just been this um this beautiful element with it all and your music has added a really dynamic element to the whole band and the sound and um and it's just like I mean, I've listened to so much of it and, and your violin is like so essential and gives it this like beautiful quality to it. And I feel like I can feel your essence through the playing of the music and, and it's all really cool. And I just respect your art a lot. And it's really cool to see what you're doing now. Like your organic flow has taken you to this now and you've like you're like creating this whole new world. So good job, Liz, you're doing awesome.
0: Thanks, Taylor. I feel the same about you. You're doing awesome. (laughs) Yeah, A mover and a shaker and create and always have such a beautiful outlook on life, too. It's been really fun talking to you over the years. So even though I often go to bed really early. (laughs) You do. I'm I'm like, I'm tired. I'm going to bed, even though it's like 3 in the morning. (laughs) yeah
1: Uh, Yeah, early early is a relative term (laughs) and uh yeah it's a little things are wild on tour that's just how it goes um now where can people connect with you online or in person
0: um in person i am in old town turkey um and yeah my shops are old town herbal and Tiny Grocer ABQ. Um, and both of those are just the handles and the website. So at oldtownherbal, oldtownherbal.com and at Tiny Grocer ABQ or tinygrocerabq.com. Um, and yeah, and then Wasteland Hop.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Playing with them, I don't know when, hopefully we'll be doing some more of that. Maybe we'll get over to California again.
1: Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'm looking for more music and more tours in the future.
0: Everybody over here to do some farm shows or something.
1: Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay, um, now this is the end of part one. And with that, can you give us one more piece of wisdom? And this can be about anything under the sun. I don't know. <laughs> no pressure, just uh, some really wise stuff, please. I
0: don't have anything wise, Taylor. I have no idea. Um, I have no idea. Okay. Um, oh, I have one thing. Um, if you have a bitter cucumber and you slice the top of it off and rub the top of the cucumber onto between the two pieces, it foams. It's the weirdest thing. Like it literally will start foaming. And what I have learned over the years of being fascinated by this and researching it is that the... Um, Toxins that make the cucumber bitter happen when it's um, grown, when there's not enough water, like in a hot summer or a drought year. And so that's why cucumbers can get bitter. And um, that, like rubbing the two pieces of the cucumber together, it like somehow pulls the toxins up through the, I don't know, tubes. (laughs) It's like, how are plants made? (laughs) The tube skins along the top, the edges of the cucumber and then you rinse it off and then your cucumber is not bitter anymore
2: wow so
0: it's the weirdest thing it's totally crazy i keep thinking i need to make like a youtube video and put it on the internet because although a farmer recently told me that a lot of the new varieties of cucumbers they've made them so they won't get bitter no matter what Wow. But anyway that's my wisdom
1: that's great i think a uh, video should definitely be made on that that's awesome <laughs> yeah (laughs) all right sweet well we're going to take a break and uh, we'll be back for part two All
0: right.
1: again this podcast is brought to you by high ground coffee an adventure coffee brand with a new twist on brewing coffee wherein you steep coffee like it's a tea you just drop a packet in hot water and you go it's the newest way to brew coffee and it's awesome Use coupon code TAYLOR at checkout for 15% off. Visit them at myadventurecoffee.com. That's myadventurecoffee.com. Okay, we are back. Part two. Liz, how are you feeling now? Feeling great. Yeah? Yeah. Do you feel different, the same, or like compared to, compared to when we started earlier?
2: Um, hmm different.
0: <laughs> like how do I feel in comparison to how I felt earlier? Um good. Yeah.
1: Nice. Nice. <laughs> well, I think you're doing a great job. So uh yeah. Continue on. Um okay, so I explained the way it works, you know, we got the questions, we got the comment concepts and that's what we do to start off part 2. Uh would you like to go The concepts path or the questions path?
0: How does a person choose?
1: You got to follow that inner voice.
0: I'm going to go with concepts.
1: Concepts.
0: (laughs) Okay. Talking with you, Taylor, is all concepts. So we just got (laughs) to flow with it.
1: (laughs) I love concepts. Yeah, I think I'm always kind of drawn to the concepts. I might be just like going that direction for for season three. Um, Because I always ask people, do you want the questions or the concepts? And then, but secretly inside, I think I'm like, I hope they pick the concepts. (laughs) (laughs) All right, great. Well, here's your concepts. Now, again, you can choose one of them. Uh And then we'll use that as a jump off point for our conversation. So
0: I still have to pick more things.
1: Yeah, you got to pick one out of these three concepts I'm going to throw at you, and they're very like open and general, and so you can just take it wherever you feel like, or you can say I'm going to avoid these completely, and this is what I want to talk about. <laughs> Whatever you want to
0: do. Next okay. question.
1: This is this is your ride. We're we're just following you on it. Um, so your concepts are one, community, mm-hmm. two, healing trauma. Three our connection to the earth.
0: Oh, gosh. Can we talk about all three?
1: (laughs) (laughs) We can. (laughs) Because
0: they're so intertwined. Um, Well, I think I'm gonna start in the middle because I feel so, um, I feel like healing trauma is so important. And if you can't, if you're not, like, if that's not a piece that you're able to look at and work with, then the community and the connection to the earth are not, like, you're just not going to ever quite be able to be present for them. I think. That's yeah. Kind of opinion I have about it. But yeah, yeah, healing trauma. I. Kind of at this point, I think like everybody should go through like different kinds of trauma therapy. Um, so that's an opinion I have about that as well. Um, I did that for a lot of years, I did EMDR for like five or six years, and um, because I know I'm just gonna get heavy on it. Um, my youngest brother committed suicide in 2000. And Um, and yeah it was terrible 2006 and uh it's like so crazy to me how many years has passed whenever I think about that I'm just like oh my gosh it's been a long time but um anyway yeah and I hadn't ever really even like gone to therapy before that because I didn't really even comprehend it and I think you know through the many years of like after that incident, which was, of course, incredibly traumatic for my brother's community and my brother's family and all of us who were around him after, you know, after that happened. Um, And so that, of course, is like an immediate trauma, but it's like why, you know, maybe as a person in that place in the first place, there. there was a lot of other layers and layers and layers of trauma and like so much that we've learned about, um, generational trauma now and what we're learning about genetically how we hold these things that our ancestors have gone through in our, in our very being. Um, I don't know, it's super fascinating. And I mean, right now I feel like it's just such a heavy conversation. Did you really want to go down this route, Taylor?
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Like concepts, healing trauma. Um, Like I just feel like being in the public right now and like people are so stressed and so on edge because of what we've just collectively gone through over this last year and a half, two years. It's, you know, it's scary. Like everybody on the globe has felt this fear of the unknown and what's happening and who do we trust and what do we trust and, and everybody is traumatized just from that and it's like it's so apparent and I feel like people's reactions and like disassociation from present moment and like everybody's just like heightened you know it's like the the like fight or flight that we go into I just feel like so many people are kind of bumped up into that right now it's really intense
2: I think so yeah
0: a, a little bit of what
1: I'll say about that yeah totally well and this is it's such a traumatic experience worldwide globally and I mean we've we've done this before on the planet globally but I feel like now more than ever it's a topic of conversation and in the past it's been like don't talk about it like whatever you're going through just you know shove it down don't think Mm -hmm. about it don't talk about it and that's, like, one of the differences nowadays is that um, there's a lot of people that are willing to, like, sit and, like, be with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it so much. I It's one of the things that I think has been so powerful and beautiful about the internet existing is that those kinds of conversations, there's a different uh, venue for them. People will talk about these things. um, And then, you know, even if anybody, everybody in your immediate circles, you know, your family or your community don't think that you are, um, sorry, my phone keeps buzzing at me, I apologize. Um, Even if you, don't have the um, immediate support in your family or community. And they do tell you, oh, this isn't real. You didn't, you know, you need to, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Like what's wrong with you? Um, You can see that, no, there's other humans on the planet who are willing to voice this and willing to vocalize this. And it's like giving that strength in numbers where you're able to find other people who are coming forward in the that gives more people that strength or like uh will like I don't know a willingness to acknowledge it or a willingness to say like oh maybe <laughs> maybe therapy isn't just for crazy people it's for people who just want to recognize what their emotions are. Do you even know what your emotions are? <laughs> Have you ever thought about what you're feeling because it's like trained out of us at such a young age to behave a certain way or not act a certain way, you know, don't, and then you just never even recognize the emotions that you're actually feeling, I think, is what, what now is coming, like what people are coming to now, it seems like is a conversation at large. It's like, oh, what does it mean to feel angry or scared or excited or happy or joyful? Like, I feel like those were some of the ones that I realized I had been, like, it's almost like if they'd been shamed out of out of me as a person, like, don't act like an idiot. <laughs> like only idiots get really excited about things, like stop behaving that way. And it's like, like no, I can get super excited about the sunrise or <laughs> how beautiful this flower is. And it's fine. <laughs> like quiet, it's on, like totally okay.
1: Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, it seems like shame is a, is a big one that is just like passed down generationally and, you know, like that voice inside of our heads that's saying, you know, don't get excited. Don't show excitement. Cause you're going to look like a fool or be silly or whatever. Like, um, you know, that voice was put there by somebody at right. some point. And that's something that I've been uh in in the last while of my life has just been been trying to be more aware of like the voice inside of my head the voices that say things you know like positive or negative especially the negative ones and then asking like okay where did that come from like what what placed that there and then and it's interesting because a lot of times if you ask that then there'll be a memory that comes back um from childhood of like oh yeah like I was told that by this person at this point in time and now, and it got ingrained and then like that will often be like the negative self-talk that so many people experience.
0: Yeah, that's really powerful awareness. Good job. (laughs) Thanks.
2: It's
1: interesting too, because, uh, you know, in the past, like not everybody... I don't know. You can, you can channel these like positive or negative feelings, um, into things like, you know, negative feelings. And a lot of, there are a lot of people who will channel stuff into, um, constructive outlets like art and music and athletics. Like a lot of, you know, you'll hear that like mar- like ultra marathon runners are often like trauma survivors. Um, you know like recovered something like something or another and what they've done is that they'll turn it into that
0: huh i actually hadn't heard that that's really interesting
1: okay yeah No way. yeah um but those are the people that actually find an outlet to to put it in but then there's a lot of people that don't know about any outlets or don't even know about any sort of like positive way of channeling anything and so um I don't know I think it's really uh good that our our time and place is like becoming way more open to listening to people and then um you know working through the stuff that is like creating the problem situation that either goes into a a a constructive outlet or not because everybody's everybody, everyone went through some stuff growing up, and oh. no one made it out, like, unscathed.
0: Yeah, and it's, and it's also just, like, it's interesting perspective, because sometimes, you know, you people can feel, like, you know, in, in the same situation, just because of our own perspectives, for who knows what reason, like, you know, you can view something positively and like your sibling will view that same situation negatively even though you're both technically in the same situation and it's like yeah so even the best intentions from the parents or you know loving families it's like there's still these these yeah we still experience trauma just because we're humans and life is weird and we have emotions
1: yeah (laughs) Well, and those imprints will, um, will continue to affect the way that we live our lives as adults. Like, if you were the second child, you know, and the parents are like, you know, doing something nice for the first child, then you might think that they don't care about you as much. And then that, you know, innocent little thing at like a birthday party or something will end up affecting the way that you are living your life and like, you know, handling your people like you know people you work with or people you know whatever like um yeah it's really i like what you said about like trauma is the thing that's like underneath everything else it's going to affect everything else like you're not going to be able to connect with community authentically or like on a um just like with a clear energy if you have like a deep trauma it's going to affect your community your individual relationships your connection to the earth your connection to the present moment like that it'll it like creates a buffer
0: yeah yeah because i feel like it's yeah you just it, exactly that what you just said <laughs> it creates a buffer like makes it um yeah it's like this like disassociation or something that happens where your brain is like trying to protect itself and so you're not enjoying or noticing even what's happening around you necessarily because you're you're somewhere else with that. I don't know. It's really it's been, yeah, I feel like I'm really grateful that I have the time and ability to go through the therapy that I did and it's like totally changed everything for me. Like it's changed everything just the way that I can be in the world. Um, and it's it's like, I didn't realize how much I was not present because of it prior to that, like, holy shit. I kind of missed most of my life. because so I was like in this other like panic or anxiety or something. It's like a state that you don't even know that you're in because it's so normal. So, you know, yeah, I feel like healing, trauma and just allowing space for it just allowing the space to see it so that's a like a conversation um with our with ourselves of I think like you were saying that people um before were kind of like push it down like don't talk about it and I think that that still permeates a lot of our, like our psyche as like oh it wasn't that bad like my life wasn't that bad and it's like that's not really necessarily the point whether it was that bad or not it's still like what is preventing you from being like from feeling completely safe in the world and then sometimes like those things aren't even necessarily ours like it could be stuff that we're carrying from stuff that our prior you know generations went through that you don't even maybe like we don't know that they went through that stuff, but you could always have like an extra like weird fear of dogs because your great-grandfather was attacked by a dog when he was a kid. And like, you're not gonna know that, but you really like dogs make you terrified. Why? You don't know. <laughs> but it's like those things that we carry um, that prevent us from feeling safe in the world. So I don't know. I think it's really important to find ways and then also on the flip side our community and the connection to the earth can maybe help heal our trauma (laughs) so it's all connected
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um two things that I'm thinking about one is that you um there's it's interesting how there's like a guilt almost with Like people and feeling like, like considering their own traumas, if it wasn't as bad as like someone who went through something horrendous, you know, so they almost like feel bad that you're like, well, it's not that bad. Like I'm, you know, why should I even be like bothering anybody with this? Because it's not that bad. So I should just like buck up and like make it through, but, but it doesn't go away it's still like there until you acknowledge it. It's like, is there so, there's like a really interesting like relativity to the world. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not fucked up like that because I didn't get fucked up like that. But there's still like, I still feel it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that there's like no shame in having those feelings. Also.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, what they are like? <laughs> that's the thing is like, being able to just kind of. Like I don't know, just, it's like, if you can become more at peace with your emotions as they're happening, then they have less of a grip on you too. It's just like, it kind of like flows through you, like, I don't know, the tide or something where it's like, oh, I'm really angry right now, but acknowledge. And it's like, what, you know, triggered this like feeling of anger this person crossed this boundary of mine in this way that and then it's like it's okay to be angry it's okay to feel that and I don't have to hold on to it forever as opposed to just being like I'm not angry I'm fine and then you like see about it for months on end and like
1: (laughs) right it's so interesting how when you express something uh it's just like the energy dissipates
0: yes it totally does it's so
1: crazy and so often when you do express something like the uh the outcome isn't nearly as like bad or scary or whatever that as you may think it would be in your mind um you know and so like a lot of times like we'll like hold things in that we don't we hold it in because we think it should be held in because not holding it in will create the situation and then you express it and it's like oh that wasn't bad at all (laughs) it worked out just fine, especially if you can like approach it well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Really? The thought yeah. I was, the, go ahead. <laughs> <That's it. laughs>
1: um, the other thought I was having is, um, is okay, so music and art, art can be so cathartic and like just going through, you know, and like a band, like Wasteland Hop was your community, your mini community and you were playing music and you know the writing and the creating and the playing of it must have been cathartic for you and you were going through your therapy throughout time. And one really, okay, so I make a painting and then it's done. It's like a little time capsule. Whereas like when you make a song, you make it, but then you continuously play it through time. And so you're like continuously coming back to the same like notes and chord progression and essence and feeling. I guess uh, it's just I'm thinking about how like you would evolve through time with the therapy and with growing older and like learning and becoming you know having like realizations and then the music would be like a consistent thing through time that you would come back to and play like do you feel like there's like a like a, a development or a change or growth like that you would notice because of that?
0: Hmm, that's such an interesting question. I, you know, I think about that a lot with music versus other forms of art. And it's like, because the recording of music has been the only thing that's kind of been able to like trap it, to like make it exist in time, in that space. So otherwise, like you're saying, like you create a painting and at some point you're like, okay, this painting is complete and here it is. And, you know, you can gaze upon it and come back to it. And I guess probably kind of relive the time that you painted it through that, but you're never like exactly repainting that piece. Just so trippy to think about with music because there you just like play the same songs over and over. And yeah there is um
1: like I feel like it would almost like change context for you through time as you played the same song
0: yeah I mean I am I'm so curious about thinking about that I'm gonna have to keep thinking about that because the energy of it like I I don't know oh my gosh music is weird like the the music is weird of that song written in a specific time and like that energy that it holds from that time but then you you keep coming back to it in like all these different spaces and like yeah we're change like we're all changing the group is And we're all different people and even like, you know, changing members and like having a different member come in and play um, the parts of other people and that kind of thing is, I don't know. It's so, I don't, yeah. I feel like there's something that happens in the piece of music when you replay it that like holds that original in essence, like when it's the, the same group of people playing that same song over and over. Because even just thinking about how it changes when other elements are added in or other people are playing instead, like even playing the same parts but a different person, um, it like changes the. It's like a living being. <laughs> I think that's how I feel about songs sometimes. They're like these living beings that you're like resurrecting for a moment in time
1: yeah you're like conjuring them it's almost like a like the playing of a song is like conjuring a spell and you're like you know resurrecting this like energy
0: yeah it is it totally is like that yeah it's so interesting um yeah I hadn't ever really thought about that because yeah it's like And I'm sure, I mean, I've heard like certain artists will say that they'll write a song and it's like in a really specific time in their life. And then at some point they feel like they can't keep revisiting it because of the energy of that is gone or it's changed so much. I don't know that if you're like, if you are processing trauma through (laughs) music. Um, So, yeah.
2: I don't know yeah
1: and I feel like sometimes it's got to be almost like a uh like like musicians probably feel like they're almost cursed by a song like like let's say they hit they write a hit song that maybe you know like they got to play it a million times and everyone wants to hear it at every single show but they've moved on and become like a whole new artist yeah you know and they got to keep on playing the thing that like made them famous 20 years ago
0: I feel like I remember reading like Beck complaining about that because the song, the I'm a Loser Baby, like was a joke song that he'd written and it was the one that catapulted him to this fame. And then he's like, this isn't even my art. Like, <laughs> here I am stuck with this and I have to perform it. And so like, yeah, you gotta be careful with what you conjure, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah totally. And like thinking about it, you know, when you record a song, like that's it's like done at that point. you're like stamping it, um, like mm-hmm. this is basically done to this point, and then you put it out to the world. And I would think that there's a little bit of anxiety there, um, you know, like is it right? Is this gonna you know, and and if you do look into the future, like, is this what I'm gonna wanna be saying? But,
0: yeah, yeah. I actually was reading or listening to, I don't know what it was. It was talking about like some of the really big, cause music recording is such a kind of a recent phenomenon for humans to be recording music. And it's like with rock music and some of these bands who made it super big and worldwide fame in the like pre-internet era of like this, you know, 70s and 80s and how they would re-record the same song like 20, 30 times. Like they'd keep changing it and finessing it until it was like the hit that they wanted and actually made them famous. And I, that really surprised me because of the way that we approach recording, where we're like, we're recording it and it's done. Like you just said, like this song is done, it's recorded. And I was, I was like, wait, what? You can like keep re-recording a song over and over <laughs> to make it, like tweaking it. I don't know, it just blew my mind. It was an approach I hadn't ever even considered. But that's, I guess, was like a thing that. I don't remember who it was. it was like Men at Work or I don't know, one of the these, eighties like, bands who hit it big and they recorded the same single like a hundred times until they got on the charts or something. <laughs> Wow.
2: So I like,
0: "What?" <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, it's weird. Yeah, it's such a diff- It's such a different medium. And yeah, it is. I mean, do you feel that way, like with these podcasts? You're like, oh,
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> this podcast is sort of like in a a funny fold of space and existence for me, where it's like it's not my main thing. Yes. And so I don't feel a pressure by it at all. And then like, um, you know, I'm just like thinking of it as an art form that I'm sort of like playing around with almost like it's a hobby for me. And so there uh-huh. there isn't a pressure and I, and I come at it from the perspective of an artist where I'm like, I think of all art sort of as an experiment and you're just like throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks and then like doing more of that. And then you just build up spaghetti right there. And so, (laughs) and then you make a spaghetti art, you know, it's great. And so it's like, you know, it just is what it is, but, but paintings um, you know, there is that a little bit more for me, like when I'm, you know, really trying to make something, when i'm when i have a concept and i'm really going for it um there is more pressure to like have it be a finalized thing especially as i'm going farther along in my artistic career like i see that when a painting is like done i can't go back and like paint over it and have the same energy because i'm not in the same mindset the same spot in life all the different things um this the same skill level the same vision you know all this stuff so like to revisit a painting i feel like is almost it's either like paint over it completely or or like sort of have like a dualistic approach to it or you know whatever but it's like uh when it's done it's done and so um yeah it's like say say your piece or you know or you know i don't know what the statement was but yeah speak now or forever hold your peace all right (laughs) Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Like with music, I guess there is that when you were just saying about how your skill level has changed. It's like we record a song soon after we've written it, but before we've played it a whole bunch. And so we're technically kind of recording it when we're at our worst with it, which is really kind of funny to think about. I'm like, oh, maybe we should go back and like re-record some of our stuff and see what happens. Such a strange thing to think about. But yeah, because that's part of it too. Like, once I, you know, I've played the same song a hundred times, it's totally different than when I first wrote the part for it. it. Even though it's like the you know, technically the same notes or whatever. Um yeah, because I yeah, I think. Like we've gotten better playing together over the years and like gelled better. And as a group, it's like everybody, you know, yeah.
1: And you'll add more parts in, it seems like, you know, like let's say you record it and then you go on tour with it. Then the, the song will add in development. Like you'll add in little things here and there, it seems like.
0: Yeah. And I think that we probably don't even notice that we're doing it. Yep. I would be willing to that. <laughs> like, maybe we should wait and record the album after we've gone on tour.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <We're Right. off. laughs> so like, we've played these a thousand times. Now let's record them. Oh. I'm gonna... <laughs>
1: <laughs> the artistic process.
0: Yeah, let's wait and get, get better at it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Liz, I got a jam.
0: Oh. Yes, we'll drive safe.
1: I will. Thank you. Thanks for being on the podcast.
0: Thanks for having me. You're I feel awesome. like I million more things I want to talk to you about so next time I see you.
1: I know. I feel like we could just keep going for like a, a, a nice long conversation, but um this will have to be it for now. We'll check back in with you, you know, after a certain amount of time and see where you're at, see where see how many new businesses you have.
0: Oh god. <laughs> ADD right. is the problem. <laughs> All right, Taylor. Thank you so much. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you again.
2: Yep, definitely.
0: Cheers,
1: Liz. All right. And that was my interview with Liz Gaylor which is so cool. That rounds out the entire uh, interview series with Wasteland Hot. There's seven members of the band and all the interviews have happened uh, with the different individual people. So they're all really fun and they're one of my favorite bands. I've been on tour with them a bunch. They're great. Uh, So much fun, such cool music. Check them out on uh, Spotify and on their website. It's really cool. Um, And yeah, Liz is just, such a great human being and she's we've been on so many adventures together and i've seen her grow and progress through life and and it's been really neat because we've been you know we all live in different places but we'll meet up and we'll go on these like two week tours through alaska playing music and making art and um we'll get so connected uh in that time period and we'll really get to catch up on like what everyone's going through in life and what they're thinking about and Um, I know Liz has gone through a lot of uh, personal healing and growth and um, so I'm glad that she got the opportunity to share her perspectives on that so I hope that uh, maybe you can take some nuggets of wisdom from our interview and that it helps you in your life in one way or the other in your creative life if you're listening to this podcast you're creative and uh, I hope this helps you in your creative path and walking down the creative life path that you're on I guess I'm kind of rambling here at this point but um, yeah creativity with a capital C that's what it's all about guys what are you doing these days? what are you into? what are you uh, creatively pursuing? that's the big question and if you don't have an answer to that maybe try to find one You know, it doesn't have to be a big deal. Just whatever. Cooking. Cooking's a good one for everybody. That's something we all have to do every day is eat. So you don't have anything? Start cooking, friend. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's all I got. Have a good night. Cheers.